Egert's soul was the flesh of the flesh of his native Kavarin. He was a true son and embodiment of its heroism. If he had died suddenly at the age of twenty and a half years, he would have been lauded as the very spirit of Kavarin. It must be said, however, that in his attractive blonde head, there were absolutely no thoughts of death. If anything, Egert did not believe in death. This from the man who managed to kill two men in duels. Both incidents were discussed widely, but inasmuch as they were both questions of honor and all the rules of dueling had been strictly adhered to, the townspeople soon began to talk of Egert with respect, rather than with any sort of condemnation. Tales of Egert's other victories, in which his opponents escaped with mere wounds or mutilation, simply served as textbook examples for the city's young boys and adolescents. However, as time went on, Egert fought fewer and fewer duels, not because his combative vehemence had been exhausted, but because there were fewer volunteers willing to throw themselves on his family's sword. Egert was a devoted student of swordplay. The blade became his sole plaything at the age of thirteen, when his father ceremoniously presented him with the family heirloom in lieu of his childhood practice sword. It is no wonder that Egert had very few to balance out his abundance of friends. Friends met with him in every tavern. Friends followed at his heels in packs and, involuntarily, became the witnesses and participants in his impetuous amusements. A worshipper of all kinds of danger, he recognized the distinctive charm of dancing on the razor's edge. Once on a dare, he scaled the exterior wall of the fire tower the highest building in the city, and rang the bell three times, inducing by this action a fair bit of alarm among the townsfolk. Lieutenant Dron, who had entered into this bed with Egert, was required to kiss the first woman he encountered, and that woman turned out to be an old spinster, the aunt of the mayor. Oh, what a scandal. Another time, a guard by the name of Lagan had to pay up. He lost a bet when Egert, in full view of everyone, saddled a hefty reddish-brown bull, which was furious but completely stupefied at such impudence. Clenching a horse bridle in his teeth, Lagan hauled Egert on his shoulders from the city gates to his own house. But mostly the cost of these larks fell to Carver. They had been inseparable since childhood. Carver clung to Egert and loved him like a brother. Not especially handsome, but not hideous. Not especially strong, but not a weakling. Carver always lost in comparison with Egert, and yet at the same time basked in the reflection of his glory. From an early age, he conscientiously worked for the right to be called the friend of such a prominent young man, enduring at times both humiliations and mockery. He wanted to be just like Egert. He wanted it so fervently that slowly, imperceptibly, even to himself, he began to take on his friend's habits, his mannerisms, his swagger, even his voice. He learned to swim and walk on ropes, and heaven only knows what that cost him. He learned to laugh aloud at his own spills into muddy puddles. He did not cry when blows, accurately thrown by a young Eggert, left bruises on his shoulders and knees. 
His magnificent friend valued his dedication and loved Carver in his own way. This, however, did not keep him from forgetting about the existence of his friend if he did not see him with his own eyes even for a day. Once, when he was fourteen years old, Carver decided to test his friend. He said he was ill and did not show his face among his comrades for an entire week. He sat at home, reverently waiting for Agar to remember him, which of course Agar did not. He was distracted by numerous amusements, games, and outings. Agar did not know, of course, that Carver sat silently by his window for all seven days of his voluntary seclusion, nor that, despising himself, he once broke out into hot, spiteful, angry tears. Suffering from solitude, Carver vowed he would break with Agard forever. But then he broke down and went to see him. And he was met with such sincere joy that he immediately forgot the insult.